Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We are going to uh, look at uncommon traits today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which does not leave us the same. Your word does not leave us the same. Your word does not leave anyone the same. But when your word comes in, there is a transformation. There is a renewal. There is a change of mind. There is a change of results. Thank you, Lord, because that is exactly what is going to happen today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So last Sunday, we started a series, Uncommon, and we began with Uncommon Identity, uh, where we looked at the fact that we, are, we have the identity of Christ. We have the identity of God. Amen? We should not have our identity in anything else, because people have the identity in good careers, in, in good marriage, good parenting. All those things are good, but they don't form your real identity. Amen? Your identity is that you are a child of God. You were created in his image. So today we are looking at uncommon traits. And what does it mean to have an uncommon trait? That because you are, uh, because you are a child of God, you, you, you actually have uh, the nature of God. And that is what we are calling an uncommon. Uh, this clicker is going to work. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's actually working. Okay, so uncommon traits. Uh, so be, because you are born of God, you have the nature of God. So uncommon traits, basically, if you've been wondering what it's all about, it's about the nature, the nature. Your nature is that of God. When God said you're exactly like him, he meant you're exactly like him. Amen? In your spirit, you are exactly like God. Regardless of how you behave in your body and in your soul, that is the flesh. Hallelujah. And our number one challenge as Christians is actually to, to look at who we are in the spirit. Amen. And continue believing who we are in the spirit. And when you actually believe who you are in the spirit, it begins to change how you behave in the physical. Amen. And like I said, the, the devil's number one job description is to keep reminding you of who you are in the flesh, of which your flesh is not yet born again. News. You know the news had been forgotten, so I'm bringing more news. That your flesh is not yet born again. Amen. It will be born again the day Jesus comes back. How are we together? When Jesus comes back, that's when your flesh... But for now, you will struggle. However, there's good news. That when you are completely aware of who you are in the spirit, you can actually subdue your flesh to the point where it shuts up and doesn't bother you. Amen? To the point where even if it bothers you, you don't respond. Because the Bible says that you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And because you are dead, you don't laugh when the flesh tickles you. Amen? You don't even smile. You are dead. Are we together? And when the flesh annoys you, you don't get annoyed. You are dead. Dead people are motionless. They are dead. So we are dead to the flesh. Are we together? Amen? 
So let us look at uh, this uh, nature of ours. So uncommon traits, uh, we're going to look at the city of Corinth. I love the city of Corinth because uh, they had the extreme, they were like Nigerians, the Corinthians. They are extreme in everything. Amen. If you bring devil worship, they will go to the extreme. Like if you bring sin, the Nigerians will take it to the extreme. If you bring the worship of God, my friend, you will not beat a Nigerian with, concerning the passion for this Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Some of the greatest African God's generals are Nigerians, past and present. So the Nigerians are extreme. The Corinthians were also extreme. When it came to sin, the Corinthians knew how to sin. You didn't, like, they, they had all the accolades and the awards. When it came to spiritual gifts, they took it to the extreme, to the point that the Corinthians would greet in tongues. Those guys were extreme. I like the Corinthians because, man, Jesus said in the book of Revelations, at least be hot or cold. Be one of the two. If you are hot, be hot. If you are cold, be cold properly so that I know I need to get a microwave. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as a city, Corinth had a mixture of races and cultures, people from all over the Roman Empire who wanted to make a fortune. People who, uh, who, who wanted to make a fortune had moved there because of its strategic geographical location and business opportunities. Uh, retired militiamen, hungry young merchants, the Romans, Greeks, Jews, name it. You only stayed in Corinth if you were a go-getter. You go to Nigeria. You only stay in Nigeria if you are a go-getter. Are we together? So Corinth uh, was a money-hungry, sexually immoral city. It was an unlikely place to plant a church. But when it was planted, the Corinthian church became one of the most brilliant churches ever. Like I said, they went to the, to the extreme of even greeting in tongues. Like Until Paul had to come and tell you, guys, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Please, when you are gathered in the public, prophesy, use a known language. Are we together? So that's the, the, the Corinthians church. It was wealthy, had talented communicators, uh, mountain-moving faith. It was amazing. Are we together? So, when we go to uncommon traits, we say that uh, even though the people had received a new uncommon identity, they still behaved like other Corinthians who were not born again. Jealousies, envy, sexual morality, stinginess uh, were still common among them. Their behavior had not changed to reflect their new identity. There was a distinguishing trait characteristic of their new identity, which they were not living out. There's a guy in, Cor in Corinth who went to the extreme of sleeping with his stepmother. Not sleeping, sorry, cohabiting, living with his stepmother. That's how much they knew how to sin. For you, you think you know how to sin? Try Corinth. Are we together? Paul came and told them, guys, such a thing is not even named among the non-believers. <laughs> like, you've blown my mind. <laughs> but if you, if you look at the way Paul addresses the Corinthians in chapter 1, the beginning verses, he called 
he calls them the beloved of the Lord. In fact, let us open there. Did you come with your Bibles to, to garage? Really? You see, nowadays, you see, God, I think Jesus is about to come back. Because <laughs> in today's church, yeah, this is the generation where it is hard to find a Bible during garage, during church service, like a physical Bible. All Bibles are digital. They are tripods. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a quick one. Let us open First uh, Corinthians chapter 1. And what does it say? Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God in which is, sorry, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine how he's addressing them? To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus. Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I thank my God. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. So he goes uh, uh, on to, to address them as sanctified, God's beloved. Let me tell you, regardless of how much you are struggling with sin in the flesh, God looks at you according to who you are in the spirit. Amen. And when he sees you according to who you are in the spirit, he calls you his child. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. In the spirit, by the way, there is no gender. There is neither male nor female. We are all sons of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. So if you're here and, you were, and you're struggling with identity, know that you're a child of God. And if you're here and you did not know what nature you have, you have the nature of God. You have the nature of God himself. Exactly as he is, so are you in this world, in your spirit. That's why Paul was able to address the people he knew he was going to rebuke later as saints of God, sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart, preserved holy. Amen. God is sanctified. He is set apart. He is set apart. He is holy. So, children, sorry, even his children are holy. You are set apart. You are not common. There is a story of uh, two, two boys who uh, got uh, an endangered young ego. I think it had either... I don't know what happened. Either it had wandered from the nest or the mother had been killed. Anyway, they rescued this young eagle from the wild and they took it home and they fed it and nurtured it and it grew. It grew into an adult eagle. And then after a long time, they, you know, it had grown so they felt like take it back to the wild. They took it back to the wild, set it upon uh, a rock and just waited for it to fly away. It didn't fly. Why? Because it had never flown before. It was in a cage all its life. And so they tried to get a stick and, you know, tell it, shush, shush, and it would only just move up. Move up when we were young, we were calling it extend. It, it only extended. <laughs> to this day, even some adults call it extending. So it extended. It was not, mo it was, it was not flying. 
Okay, the right word is move up. To extend is to expand, okay? You extend. <laughs> so it would only move up a little. And it was not flying. They tried to even scare it, but apart from getting scared, it didn't know how to fly. And they just sat there the whole afternoon from, from, from around uh, midday till around four. He was just there, patient, to wait for their friend to be uh, reunited in the wild. And then, in fact, it went to five, coming to six, and then they were getting frustrated. They didn't know what to do. They thought of maybe we just get it and take it back home as we think of what to do because we cannot leave it here in the night. Wild animals will come and eat it. And then something strange happened. There was another ego that came orbiting the skies and it began to call, to send out a sharp call. It was an ego that was the same species as this ego. And as that ego began to call, they noticed something strange. This ego, whose eyes were open and who, which was uh, wide awake, they, the way they could describe it is that it woke up. It was awake, but it woke up. The, something changed. Like, like the eyes rolled like one who was woken up from sleep. When it had that call, it began looking around, like you know, rediscovering its identity. And then it looked up, it saw the one who was calling, and then just you know, tried to uh, flap its wings and took off. And of course, it didn't fly very many inches from the ground. It just uh, flew close to the ground, hit trees, bushes, thorns, what? Th feathers all over the place. But it would fall, pick itself up, and try again. You know, it fell many times, and it kept trying to fly to catch up with the one that was calling. Finally, after around half an hour, it took off into flight. And it went. It flew. Why? Its identity had been rediscovered. Hallelujah. There is a call of God on the inside of you that when he calls, you will know this is God calling. When he calls, you will know this is God calling. I had a conversation with... Um, Roger Mugisha yesterday. I'm a student at Caris Bible College. He's also a student there. And so, you know, I got a chance to sit with him and ask him, so what's your story? I heard about his story some time back, but I wanted to hear it from him. And so he told me he got saved when he was in S1, 1990, uh, through Robert Kayanja. Along the way, um, he kind of backslid, okay, uh, by... In, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, and I'm sure he doesn't mind sharing it, me sharing it, because for him, it's, it's, it's public. So by S4, he was completely off. He had begun, you know, joining. The way he went off, actually, he was convinced by his father. The father tried to persecute him, beating him, Keynes, it didn't work, and then one day the father came crying. That worked. It was like he had never seen his dad crying. We were like, Mwana wange. So he said, okay, dad, okay, dad, okay, dad. So he, he, he agreed to 
to cool down because he was already a pastor in S1, newborn again, but he was already leading a fellowship and they threatened to cast him out of smack. So, ah, but it was painful passing by the fellowship which you started and people are asking you, why are you not coming? And you're telling them, I will come. I need to sort out a few things. I agreed with my dad that I will, you know, cool down. So in a cut the long story short, he drifted off slowly. By, by senior Fovac, he had completely gone the opposite side. He entered into devil worship and all that. But he said there was like a compass on the inside of him. Whenever he would hear the word of God, it would click. That voice was there. That click, that call was so recognizable. And much as he spent many years into, uh, uh, I don't know how you can be a Christian and have devil worship, but it's possible that you can be born again in your spirit and in your flesh you're completely off. He said much as other devil worshippers would easily get killed, for him he was untouchable. Somehow he knew. What am I saying? One day, he was into his devil worship and, and, and Jesus just took, came and told him, stop what you're doing. I was like, what have I had? And then he spoke again, stop what you're doing. And the third time, he recognized this is the voice of Jesus. And he began crying. For three days, he remained in his room just crying. He didn't know what to do. But cut the long story short, he told Jesus, I've already gone so far from you. What are you doing here? What do you want from me? I'm not your common son, child. I'm already far off. And Jesus told him, I've been here all the time, by the way. I've been here all the while. What am I saying? Once, and I asked him, how is that possible? And he told me, once the seed has been deposited, that is it. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are born of incorruptible seed. Once that seed has been deposited in your spirit, it doesn't matter how far off you go, you will still recognize the call of God. That call will be so recognizable. Hallelujah. He came back to God, served God, but again, you know, there's another story to that, but my point is that all of us, if you're born again, you have that deposit on the inside of you. Somebody here, you've been condemning yourself Telling yourself, I've been far too off. I don't know if God can do anything with me. I don't know what I can offer God. God, I don't know what to offer you. And God is saying, you are still my son. You are still my daughter. You are still my child. Hallelujah. That is why whenever you come to church like this and the word is spoken, you can still recognize the call of God. That is your nature. The nature of God is so incorruptible that once it is deposited on the inside of you, that is it. Amen. It doesn't matter how much the devil deceives you. It doesn't matter how far the enemy takes you. The nature of God has locked with your spirit. Amen. That is your nature. That is your identity. That is your uncommon trait. It's not common. It's not common. I share a similar story with my friend Roger because even me, I got saved at age 8. I'm now age 40. 32 years I've walked with the Lord. But not all those years have I been really walking with the Lord. Some years I've been off. I'm talking about walking into a discotheque 
and you are there grooving, da- dancing, yeah? and then something happens. All of a sudden, you take a back step, and you begin to look at all these people as lost sheep without a shepherd. <laughs> uncommon traits, uncommon nature. All of a sudden, I'm like a pastor, looking at all these guys there, like lost sheep without a shepherd. I'm telling you, once the nature of God has locked in your spirit, that is it. It is unchanged. (laughs) Pastor, you don't know how much I've sinned. You do not know what Jesus has done. Amen. We have an uncommon nature on the inside of us. We have an uncommon trait. The nature of God himself is on the inside of you. And sin is too weak to undo what Christ has done. <laughs> Woo! I will clap to that myself as well. Thank you. Sin is too weak. The devil is too weak. There are not enough demons in hell to be able to undo what Christ has done in your spirit. They are not enough. Christ has died for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One translation says, while we were yet useless, Christ died for us. I love it. Like I didn't have anything to offer him, and yet he recognized something in me and came and died for me. Hallelujah. So all this has been uh, laboring all this to just bring out a point that you have the nature of God in you. So let's just go back to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to verse 7, this is the, the chapter of love. The nature of God is love. Your nature is love. My nature is love. Even if I may not be behaving in a loving way right now, my nature is love. When I hear love, I will know the call of love. Why? Because it is my nature. Amen. And like I said, the way to become, to begin behaving the way you're supposed to behave is not to concentrate on what you're supposed to be. But to, I mean, not to concentrate on, on how you're supposed to be behaving. It is to concentrate on who you are by nature. Amen. So quickly, uh, verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith uh, so that I can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Um, And though I bestow all my goods to... Maybe we read together. Okay? Three, go. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. NKJV. (laughs) Amen. That is love. (laughs) Out together. 
Love, that is how, that's, what, that's what love is. Amen. Now, remove the word love and put there God. Okay? And, and it can go like this. That God suffers long and is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade himself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. God bears all things. Can you imagine? God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. Wherever you have taken him, he has endured. He has gone with you. Amen. You can't believe that all the places you have gone to, God has been there with you. He endures all things. The Bible says love never fails. God never fails. He told a, a, a certain worshiper, I've been here all along with you. Me, I don't understand this love of God. I do not. My mental faculties have no capacity to understand the love of God. But that is God. How a person who has been so off can still recognize the voice of God. And say, that's my father calling. Me, I told, I told my flesh the times that I was off that you can have me for, for this time. Eh? But once I hear my father's call, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I told the devil. I told him, once he comes for me, you will not touch me. I will be gone. So the devil would punch me, punch me, punch me. I said, okay. But once that call comes, I am gone. And once my father came for me, I was gone. Now I'm preaching the gospel. Amen. Amen. That is an uncommon trait. I don't know how I knew those things. I don't know how I can. I, I'm not recommending it. Don't do it at home. Don't make such truces with the enemy. <laughs> but that, that's my story. All together. And so, because you are born of God, you have the nature of God. Tell your neighbor, because you are born of God, you have the nature of God. And so, um, we have already got it. Amen? You've already got it. In fact, remove God, now put yourself there. And let us read that. In fact, go home and study 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's read it together, putting now I... Three, go. I am patient and I am kind. I do not envy. I do not parade myself. I am not puffed up. I do not behave rudely, nor seek my own. I am not provoked. I think no evil. I do not rejoice in iniquity, but I rejoice in the truth. I bear all things. I believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. Woo! Come on. That is who you are. That is who you are. That's who I am. And whenever you behold this, it becomes a reality on the outside. Because the inside rules the outside. Out together. The spiritual rules the physical. What is unseen rules what is seen. Why? Because what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. 
Your struggles in the flesh are temporary. The nature of God that we do not see on the inside of you is eternal. It is permanent. Struggles will come and go. You will still remain a child of God. Amen. <laughs> I'll clap to that myself if I were seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Struggles in the flesh will come and go, but my nature as a child of God remains permanent forever. Hallelujah. Today I've come to declare that you're a child of God on your way to heaven. Regardless of what you're struggling with, regardless of what you're struggling with, you are a child of God and he's not about to change his mind concerning you. Amen. He has made up his mind to love you and that is it. He loves you. He has made up his mind to save you and he has saved you. He has made up his mind to deposit himself in your spirit and that's what he has done. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's one spirit with him. One spirit means to the exclusion of another. You are one with him. Amen. When you're reading the Bible and you, and, and, and you see uh, the phrase, the Holy Spirit, you can put there, my spirit. Amen. You can say the Holy Spirit told me. You can also say my spirit told me. And the two will mean the same. Because as he is, so are you in this world. That is when, when you discover those things, and you keep beholding those things, you will change. The behavior changes after you have believed. The Bible says that when we look in the mirror, we believe what the mirror tells us. The word of God is the mirror. Therefore, when you look into the word of God, believe what the word of God tells you. Amen. You cannot go into a mirror and then you begin doubting what the mirror is saying. Trust the mirror because it is the mirror. You have never seen your forehead with your naked eyes. You cannot, can you? Unless you're SpongeBob, of course. <laughs> but for us, we are not SpongeBob. You have never seen your hair with your naked eye. Therefore, trust the mirror. You have never seen your spirit. Therefore, trust the word of God. The word of God is the mirror. Amen. That is who you are. When the enemy tells you you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, Point the enemy to the word of God. When the enemy came to Jesus, Jesus pointed the enemy to the word of God. Amen. If you don't have the word of God, begin to read some of the word of God. It will help you. Come to garage and listen to the word of God. It will help you. Put in the flash disk in that car radio and listen to the word of God every day. It will help you. Read the word of God on a daily basis. It will help you. Why? It, point, it paints the picture of who you really are on the inside. And when you know that word of God, then you become undefeatable. Hallelujah. Jesus walked on this earth like as if he was not a human being and yet he was a human being. He was undefeatable. To the point of death, even when they threatened him with death, he was undefeatable. He said, death, no one has the right to take my life. I lay down my own life and I pick it up again. That was Jesus. Undefeatable. Why? Because he knew who he was. Even when they were coming to arrest him, he said, son, the devil is there coming to arrest me, but he has nothing in me. That's Jesus and that's who you are. That is your uncommon traits. That is your nature. When you begin to know who you are in your spirit, who you are in Christ Jesus, you are undefeatable. Amen. 
the enemy throws sickness, poverty, relationship breakdown, whatever he can throw at you, you will be undefeatable. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The enemy can throw whatever he wants at you, and you'll only ask him, is that all you've got? I'm still here. Amen. You will be undefeatable once you know your uncommon traits. Your uncommon nature. Is, we, we are saying it is uncommon because it is not common. Hallelujah. What is common to the world is the sinful nature. What is common to the world is the what, what we are in Christ is uncommon. Hallelujah. I already feel like you've got it. Amen. When you have known who you are, let me tell you, you do not need your neighbor to convince you who you are. You will know who you are. <laughs> when you know who you are, your mother can tell you Orichi Siru Siru. It will have no effect on you because you know who you are. We have all come from different walks of life. Many of us have come from dysfunctional homes, abusive backgrounds, and name it, abusive relationships, but you're here. You're here. You're still going. You're still a child of God. You're still going strong. Why? Because you have the nature of God in you. Amen. If you did not have the nature of God in you, you would have crushed under the weight of this world problems. But because you have the nature of God in you, you are undefeatable. You are indestructible. Amen. Instead of tuning Kaliso Liso 7.30 in the morning, tune the word of God. It will help you. Not that Kaliso Liso is bad, not that CNN is bad. You can listen to BBC, but only for a short time. Let the majority of the time be devoted to the word of God. That is who you are. Hallelujah. And the good news is that once the deposit has been deposited, it cannot be removed. Hallelujah. So let us always focus on who we are in the spirit. I just feel like there's somebody here, you need to be reminded of who you are. You need to focus on who you are. Don't focus on what the enemy has done in your flesh. Don't focus on who you are in, in the flesh. Focus on who you are in the spirit. Amen. And that will be the secret of your victory. Amen. Let us be like Paul who said, for me it doesn't matter whether I stay alive or I die. In fact, if I die, it is better by far because I go into the arms of my father. But for your sake, I will stay because it is more beneficial for me to stay. And I keep telling you these words. But for me as Paul, whether I die or I stay alive, it makes no difference. That is who we are also. Whereby not even death can scare you. You are undefeatable because you know who you are in the spirit. The spirit rules the flesh. Amen. You can be like Benson Idahosa who when the witches wanted to put the conference in, uh, in Nigeria, he said it is not going to come. And then he went on national television. Then they asked him, so did you, did, did, is it a word you got from God? He said, no, leave God out of this. I, Ben, I have said it will not come to this country. 
He knew who he was. Amen. I tell you, they took it to South Africa. They didn't take it to Nigeria. Why? Because he knew who he was. He said, I, Benny, I have said it won't work. It won't happen. It won't happen in my country. <laughs> Woo. When you know who you are, sicknesses will be easy to be dealt with. Poverty will be easy to be dealt with. All problems will be below you. You will not even struggle with sin. The reason why sin seems so strong is because the picture of who we are in the spirit is not yet strong enough in our soul, in our mind. Once that picture is strong enough, the picture of sin weakens and dies off. Hallelujah. I just want us to go to, to the very last slide because I believe the Holy Spirit has already made the point. First John 3.16, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Love is the uncommon trait that distinguishes children of God from the world. You have the nature of love. Live in love. Amen. Again, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First, read it as love. Then replace love with God. Know what God is able to put up with. Then replace with yourself. Know who you are according to the nature of love. Amen. Amen. Let us stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite you to the front. If you need prayer. If you need prayer, if you've been struggling with something and you're saying, today I've heard the word, and I know that that word has cut through to my heart, but I just need prayer for me to be focused on who I am. I need help with my Bible reading. I need help with my prayer time. I need help. Come to the front. If the enemy has been painting wrong pictures in your mind, reminding you of who you are in the flesh and what you're struggling with, and you need prayer, in a special way, there's, some, there's someone here who just feels, all of us have heard the word and it has worked, okay, good, but there's somebody here who feels like they need some kind of extra help. Come to the front. The elders will be here to pray with you. And the worship team will be leading us in song. And then you will receive. Because you are a child of God, you don't need to struggle with what you're struggling. If the thing you're praying for has not yet worked, you move on. Stop even thinking about it. Like, don't crumble under the weight of that thing. Maybe it is a failed business. Or business or jisabi, ganye, ganye, ganye. Stop focusing on the business. There is something bigger than the success of that business. There is something called the true nature of God in you, which can produce many other businesses. I just use that as an, as an example. But there's someone here, you've been praying for something until it is taking away your peace. It is taking away your joy. Come for prayer that you may retune your focus and focus on who you are in Christ Jesus. That is the right focus. 
Because right believing will produce the right living. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. 